0: So this week we'll talk about data science for social impact, and we have a special guest today, Christine. Christine is a writer and researcher of tech and social issues. She's currently studying data science for public policy, and previously she spent years managing social programs and exploring data science for social good. Welcome, Christine.
1: Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Before we go into our main topic of data science for social impact, let's start with your background. Can you tell us about your career journey so far?
1: Sure, absolutely. So for me, I started wanting to really figure out how to serve marginalized communities. So I studied political economy and sustainable development in my undergrad. And then for the next four years, I worked as a program manager for sustainability initiatives. And then after that, I sort of became fascinated with data or I saw how powerful it was in those roles. So I made sort of a pivot into working as a data analytics person in the private sector for over four years. And at that point, my goal was always to bring those things together. And that's what I'm doing now in Berlin. I came here for a graduate program. It's called Data Science for Public Policy. What do program managers do? Yes, a uh, great question. So In the social impact space, you're definitely managing different initiatives. So for example, I was a a program manager at, actually at a corporation doing their sustainability and corporate social responsibility. So I was the queen of several initiatives that I took ownership of. And so we had sustainability reporting, things like that, that i manage. managed.
0: Mm -hmm. And by managing here, you make sure that things get done?
1: Yeah, so it's a little bit more than project management. I think the main difference is that you not only become the face behind the cause, like these are initiatives which don't have an end. There's no end. So, for example, the sustainability reporting, like that organization hopes to do that forever. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like long-term stakeholder relationship development and managing large data sets but yes ultimately you need to make sure mm-hmm. to drive the situation forward
0: so a program is a general direction and then projects would be individual Temporary. things steps that you need to move to this direction
1: yes something with a known end yeah
0: okay and what is uh, you said you worked as a data analyst in private sector so what is it what is private sector
1: yeah so private sector is any organization which does not have, like, I think, uh, social benefits. I think that's one way to say it. So it's just corporations, businesses. So, for example, I worked at Toyota, Wells Fargo, Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is the largest health insurer in the U.S.
0: So basically just companies.
1: Right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, private.
0: So the opposite would be public sector, right? Which yes. are governmental institutions,
1: right? Exactly. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, so you were a program manager, then you like data, and you decided to go more into data. You became a data analyst, and then you moved to Berlin to study data science for public policy,
1: right? Genau.
0: No. Genau, no. okay. <laughs> for those who don't speak German, you said exactly, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, how's your German?
1: It's coming along. I'm trying. That's okay. what I can do. <laughs>
0: So you are studying data science for public policy, and I was wondering what actually public policy. What is it?
1: Sure, absolutely. So public policy is essentially it's describing all of the laws which govern people and places, and it's important in relation to social issues because it is the way that many social issues are addressed. Yet yeah, many social issues, obviously. Have taken a government intervention to address, so, for example, like public libraries, you know, like wouldn't have happened on its own, requires funding and support and space, things like that. So policies are the way that you get things done at that higher level.
0: so a policy would be like for every I don't know one thousand people, we need to have at least one library,
1: something like that, something like yes, this? I'm not okay. actually aware of library (laughs) any library laws but that would be a good example i can give other real examples but yes ensuring yeah public welfare what other examples you have in mind sure yes so something that i worked on specifically in the states was environmental legislation regarding electronics recycling so this was something that companies did not want to do companies like hp people that basically create like printers or monitors or things like that essentially there was no easy way to recycle these at the end of their life so people would throw them away. Nine times out of ten, they would end up on a ship for a developing country where children would break them down and be exposed to toxic chemicals. So there was a lot that was problematic with that situation and the companies were not willing to create a new way for people to easily rid themselves of these products in a sustainable way. And so I worked as a grassroots organizer with a nonprofit to canvas neighborhoods, gather community support to petition lawmakers to eventually pass a law which required them to take back those products. And so mm-hmm. they put stations in every electronic store where people could bring, and they would actually check they were recycled in a sustainable way.
0: So the companies uh, do not have enough motivation to do this on their own so they need an extra nudge coming from the government saying hey you actually must give people a way to recycle products to come up with a law exactly and you were kind of driving the driving force or like you did this as a program manager right
1: no this is actually before that Uh i did this as a community organizer so yes there's lots of stuff in between and and exploring social issues but yes i was a community organizer so i knocked on doors actually and gathered signatures and donations and then we Mm -hmm. yeah brought everything to the capital.
0: You must be quite persuasive for this or it's easy to persuade people that that this thing is bad, this thing is good. Give me your signature.
1: Yeah, you know, actually I've worked for over 10 years and seriously, that is still the hardest job I have ever done. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not easy because you knock on their door, they don't know you, they never seen you. They never heard of this issue. Now you want money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you want them to write a signature, print out some letters. And so, I mean, people are doing this Where Community organizers are doing this everywhere. It's just the hardest work I've ever done.
0: <laughs> but I guess they don't have to give you any money, right? So all they, they need don't. to do is give you a signature.
1: Yeah, both are definitely equally as important. The letter is what gets this issue noticed by Mm -hmm. our representatives, but the money definitely helps like facilitate all of that activity, like going to the capital all this time, so yes. Mm
0: -hmm. So you were a volunteer, but somehow still needed to get paid, right?
1: Oh no, I worked there, yeah. So Uh it was my job to do that. But yes, the organization as a whole needed, obviously, funds to Mm -hmm. operate. So we would knock on doors for eight hours.
0: And, is public policy. So I thought, uh, like policy, maybe it's related to politics, political science.
1: It's not, right? Or is it? It is. Uh, yes, it's, I would say, like political science, it's like the study of the systems of governance, and public policy is essentially how, like, putting it into action. I guess. So I think that's a one is an application. I guess more so, maybe. It's a good way to say it
0: and uh, i think you partly answered that previously so i wanted to know like how public policies are related to social impact and i think the example you gave is like i, I was able to understand that okay what companies need to recycle the products they do not want so how can we encourage them or force them to do this right the environment is doesn't get harm right you know you don't have these chemicals that you mentioned like children do not play with uh, printers is this how it's related? Right. So, you come up with policies to have the social impact?
1: Absolutely, yes. I think social issues tend to just be really, really complex. And usually there's just multiple ways to address it. So, I'd say, for example, in that situation, the bigger picture is like, how do we increase sustainability? How do we increase well being? And this is like just one little part of that.
0: This data science for public policy. So, I. To prepare for this interview, I googled it, so I found the program where you study, and I found a couple of other programs. I think there was one in the States, in Washington University, I think it was from Washington, D.C., and I saw a couple of other places. Then I also came across a book that is called, like, it has exactly this name, Data Science Mm -hmm. Policy. But in general, as a discipline, like, is it mature? Are there apart from this book, are there textbooks? Are there people who are seriously working on this thinking like, how can you, I don't want to say Mary, but like how you can do data science for public policy?
1: Sure. So my sense is that it's very new. So I started following this concept of data science for social good, maybe five or six years ago. And at that time, obviously, I was in the States, there was really only one Program that I was aware of in the country it was at the University of Chicago. They had a fellowship, actually, it wasn't an academic program where they would help technical or like uh, policy people to bring these concepts together. And actually, the reason I ended up in Germany was because I'd done research for years, like looking how can I combine what I want to work on. And this was the first data science for public policy program I found. And now, yes, like you said, that it feels like they're everywhere now. <laughs> Well, not so
0: many. Like, if you just look for programs, uh, university programs in data science, you'll find millions of them. Sure. But for public policy, like specifically for public policy, maybe for social good and so on, there are more. But for this specific thing, public policy, there are not so many yet.
1: Right. Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, at least I wasn't able to find.
1: (laughs) No, you're exactly right. It's probably still like less than 10 but that feels like a like huge Mm -hmm. (laughs) amount Mm -hmm. when for years there was nothing
0: yeah and uh, i was like as a data scientist so i do data science at work so i worked at at an internet company so we like i don't know look at clicks and things like this and transactions yeah so we as data scientists deal with things like linear regression logistic regression like classification regression and so on so i was really curious what are the cases what are the use cases for public policy so i checked this book that i talked about data science for public policy the table of content and i saw that there are chapters on transforming data record linkage exploratory data analysis cluster analysis nlp and to me it looked like okay this is what i do like does it mean i already know everything i need for public policy or there are some nuances
1: yeah there are definitely nuances so yes i investigated this book as well i know it's fairly new. I don't know that it is, I would consider it the Bible or the definer of the field at all. I I do, just like you said, see that majority of the book is just a data science book. So I think that that's something that's really targeted towards policymakers or political scientists that want to explore this field. But I actually think the goal of uh, data science for public policy is more so data science for social impact. And the field, I guess, why you specify public policy is that I think there are not only a lot of issues, ethical and challenging issues with technology that we are facing right now, people actually educated in what data science is. I think that's really critical. But I think also we're getting to a point where every type of organization, including social impact organizations, will need a data scientist to support them or help them make progress. And so I think that's kind of the future as well. And so a data scientist that has some knowledge of the landscape or the processes, that's very beneficial. Just my experience being in both spaces, they are completely different. Mm -hmm. Working for a company, working in social impact, government, academia, everything, it's so different.
0: So it's aimed at people who, like you were a couple of years ago before getting into data, the data world time to educating them what is data science how it can be used how it can bring social impact right
1: our program has quite a few folks that are their background is technology and there are lots of folks that they are social scientists and myself i'm like a mix of both so i do think like there's space for everyone that wants to have a very specific impact i appreciate the specificity because social impact has so many layers. And the school I go to, Hertie, is actually, they're a school of governance. So all they teach is policy. So they're just, they're experts at that part. And I, I tend to think that that method is one of the most important methods to accelerating change. So I do think people can come from different ends into this space and they just need a little bit of knowledge from both sides. So I can give a few examples of how this has worked. So for example, I am organizer with Data Science for Social Good in Berlin, which is a great organization if folks want to learn more about this. But we had a presenter come at our most recent meetup and they are supporting refugees that are making their way to the Southern coast of Europe by flying drones and then using that, that footage to identify boats in the water, which they can send aid to. So this is actually a really challenging issue. They used computer vision to identify the boats. I mean, they shared some photos with like, can you find the boats? And I'm like, no, no one could, no human could find these boats. (laughs) And so it's just a really critical way that this organization can support people that would otherwise receive no support. So I know in Scandinavia, they're using satellite imagery to identify all of the flat roofs so that they can assess opportunities for rooftop gardens or, or things like that to increase sustainability and livability in cities. I think if you have a specific social cause that really speaks to you, resonates with you, there is probably a way that you can apply technology to scale up the support for this issue. So yeah, there's lots of examples, but they can be policy related.
0: So usually there is uh, some social problem and then organizations like Data Science for Social Good and others, they have a list of problems that they think should be addressed, right? And then they get people who know data science, who know public policy, who know like all these things you mentioned. They try to put them together in one place and solve the problem, right? And this university that you mentioned, it kind of teaches how to... Oversee this process, how to run this process, right?
1: They're more so at this point teaching the subjects separately, but there is mm-hmm. so much to learn about the policy process, economics, policy analysis. Having just finished my first year, I feel like there's so much more to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, I think Data Science for Social Good Berlin does have nonprofit partners with data issues that volunteers then help them support specifically
0: and coming back to the book so in this book one of the chapters was not the usual regression or usual i don't know entity linking one of the chapters was about ethics how important is the problem of ethical data science for public policy
1: sure i think it's generally critical for all data mm-hmm. science you know I always hope you're doing ethical data science but i think The way that it relates differently for data science, for social impact or public policy is that ultimately we hope that laws reflect our values. They reflect the society that we want to have. So, you know, there are many things that are not illegal, but they are unethical. And so there's like a gap where we as policymakers ideally step in and try to close that gap. So, yes, I'd say it's absolutely critical in helping these social impact causes and organizations build a strong foundation in data science. But I also just think that we will have some challenges, I think, in the near future regarding new technologies and innovation that yeah, folks need to understand ethics to deal with for sure.
0: I guess in your printer example, so throwing away a printer will not be a crime, right? But still it's not ethical, right? Because like it can contaminate the environment, right? Bad things can happen. But nobody will put you in jail for that.
1: Sure. Yes. If you know that a four-year-old is going to be be exposed to toxic yes. chemicals when you throw it away, you throw it away.
0: Do you maybe have uh, some examples where, like some of the examples where data science was applied but not ethically to these things? Because I guess people who who work in these areas they think about these issues of ethics more than let's say an average uh, data scientist perhaps so maybe these topics of uh, abusing something just to get to make the model right just these things do not come up.
1: Sure so one thing I think we'll probably come to later is uh, you know we have new legislation in the EU about AI the EU AI Mm -hmm. Act its core method is essentially to assign risk levels to different technologies, and the highest risk level explicitly references this social scoring system in China, which essentially, like, through all of your goings and, you know, operations in society, each thing will give you a score, which will give you more access in society. So, for example, if you get a car loan and you pay it on time or you pay it early, you might be able to get a visa faster. And so the consequences of that are actually big. You know, imagine you have one situation and your score is damaged and then like your whole family is just you know, you're second class citizens now and I think that's kind of an abuse of big data and all of these technologies and and things like that.
0: Yeah. You were given an example from China, but I was thinking, wait a minute, isn't in Germany there is a similar thing called Trufa? Oh. Like, you can easily damage this and then nobody will give you credits. Yes. So. Okay. Well, maybe it's not as uh, broad as this system you just described, but I can understand. So the intention is maybe to make people behave well, right? So pay debt, I don't know, do not... Uh, litter or whatever but then the consequences could be like pretty wide right
1: right and i think the opportunity for abuse is obviously huge like maybe you offend one of the maintainers of this database mm-hmm. and then they just give you a zero score and then you can't access anything in in the social sphere
0: okay and what is unique when it comes to applications of data science to social impact projects?
1: Sure. So the main difference that I see from being in the social impact space and also working with organizations like Data Science for Social Good and similar organizations in the States is that I think a technical person has to sort of expand their thinking because the social issue ultimately will not be solved by this one data science project. And so often the technical solution has to be, it has to consider the longevity or the bigger picture of this social issue to really make it effective. And I think also talking to a lot of non-technical stakeholders, people that honestly like want nothing to do with tech and will not understand what you're doing, you need to really understand not only how these organizations work, but you need to interpret all these different things about the specific social issue. So I think what I observe is a lot of technologists saying like, or here's a project idea. Oh, but will that solve the whole thing? And it's like, nothing on earth will solve this one problem. (laughs) Like, yeah, this is like one small part. We have one small goal and we need to make sure that it lends itself to further iteration.
0: Mm -hmm. And what are the usual people, stakeholders that data scientists working in this domain talk to? Like are they policymakers? Who are they?
1: Sure. So I think nine times out of ten, they are people very close to the social issue. Um, So, for example, Data Science for Social Good, I'll just say DSSG, they had a hackathon in december of last year that's something that they do and so they had a bunch of ngo stakeholders kind of give data sets have a very specific problem and so for example the german red cross was one of the stakeholders and they were addressing a hiring issue within their organization and so their stakeholder was like a hiring manager like an hr manager and so that person is just they're very close to all of the challenges and you need to sort of mine them for information to create a dynamic solution.
0: Mine for information? How, how do you do <laughs> this? <laughs> like, I guess when you ask questions, so you need to ask them questions uh, to, I don't know, maybe ask them to answer some forms, uh, field some questionnaires, right? Is this how you do this or you just sit and talk?
1: Sure. So I think it it takes a lot of proactive effort on your end. And then, of course, yeah, you, you ask some questions. So I think in this situation, for example, it would have been great if the data analysts like obviously did their exploratory data analysis and did research on the the structure and history of the Red Cross so that they could sort of be prepared for what the stakeholder will share. But essentially the stakeholder, like a stakeholder generally has um, very specific challenges that they face and they don't have a sense of how it can be solved with technology. So you really have to go to them with what is their technical system look like in their organization who manages it mm-hmm. and things like that
0: and uh, like how technically advanced this is is it just an excel spreadsheet or there is an actual database or there is a i don't know website or it's uh, like old f- school books where you take notes or Book. Yeah, all of
1: that both yeah all of the above i feel like i've seen everything i guess that's one of the big challenges that these organizations face is they live on donations and so a lot of times like you need to understand that like some staff members they're funded for a temporary amount of time and like later that person might not be there so you shouldn't like maybe build your technical plan around that one stakeholder yeah i've seen it all but i unfortunately i personally have never seen a technically savvy organization so it's always like a mess that's my face. <laughs> really bad
0: <laughs> yeah you have an organization but then you realize that you need some sort of it system quite late in the life of the organization right and then we just try to put it somewhere but it doesn't really fit exactly Yeah, that's one of the challenges, I guess, that data scientists need to solve, like how, okay, now you have a model that detects boats in the ocean, right, like you you, you mentioned, like for helping refugees, but how do you use this now, like how do you actually help these people who you can detect from this uh, drone, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. You know, I think that digital and data literacy, it's really a challenge everywhere. I think every type of organization that is not a tech company struggles with some level of digital or data literacy. But I think the challenge of a lot of social impact organizations is they don't have the resources to do this type of investment into increasing that digital or data literacy because due to funding, they're so focused on the cause. It hinders their efficiency or personal progress
0: yeah there is a question which book are you referring to so we were talking about a book that is called data science for public policy and i think there is just one book from springer i don't think there are multiple books with this title i think it's just one by the way i think uh, one of the comments you made in the document where we discussed questions you said that there is another book another source where people can learn these things so which thing is it
1: Sure, sure. Yes. So I I have a a bunch of resources. I think if people want to explore this space, that will be great. But essentially, the source that I recommend for people that want to explore specific applications is actually the Data Science for Social Good Fellowship, originally hosted by the University of Chicago. They have an entire page of projects, specific projects. So yes, dssgfellowship.org slash projects.
0: So it is a list of projects. So what we can do with this list of projects we just can go there check what these projects are about and see what kind of data was used there what kind of outcome was achieved
1: right exactly yes most of them have videos where the people involved in the project talk about challenges they face what they did and there's all types of tech used so computer vision predicting text analysis there's a great diversity
0: yeah, one of the things I asked you a couple of questions ago was about what's unique about using data science for social impact. And uh, we talked to a bit about this, and I, I was wondering how difficult it is to get data. Like, for example, in this case, like when you have drones flying over the sea, I guess it's not that straightforward, right, to get data here. And then actually label, you, you said that for you as a human, it was difficult to understand which thing is a boat, where is the boat, right?
1: Right. Yes. So this organization, I don't want to say their name wrong, but they were creating their own drones, actually, because they had to be sort of special or fit their budget or things like that. So, yeah, they had to try multiple different... They had to iterate their data pipeline and process to sort that out. And I think the challenge in a lot of social impact spaces, it's a challenge not only to gather data, Especially coming from the outside, it's it's really challenging to find clean data. There's just a lot of gaps, I guess. Yeah, so it's it is a challenge to get data, even if you're the one gathering it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess in a typical IT company, you join a company as a data scientist, and you come and there is a, a database, and you just do select. You join a couple of tables, then maybe one of you. Of a few features are missing maybe data is not the cleanest data on earth but overall you can do something right but here in this case you comment there is nothing right there is a problem that needs to be solved there is no data there is no it infrastructure and just a bunch of people who want to solve this problem right
1: right exactly imagine a data scientist building their own drone like yeah <laughs> that's amazing you have to build your own drone to gather data
0: so, a question from Matt. Are there models like guidelines, websites, templates for recycling projects that would facilitate the implementation by a small group in the regional community?
1: Hmm. Recycling in a regional community? Am I hearing that right? Yeah. I think there are a few challenges there that have nothing to do with the data science. And I think there's probably a couple ways that you can approach that. So, I need a little bit more information. I'm sorry to give such an <laughs> unsatisfying response, but Matt, if you do want to reach out to me, you know, please do and we're happy to chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But in general, like, is there any public information on recycling projects like the one you mentioned about printer for people to read and get inspiration about them? Is there public data about this?
1: I don't know that I'm aware of a public data set about, any type of recycling program. I don't know that they keep track of how much they gather, how many people are involved. These numbers might be buried somewhere in a public mm-hmm. budget, but they will not, you will only receive like one number. So, like, mm-hmm. we deployed like 5,000 cans and you don't know to where necessarily.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, the companies, the industry who produces this electronic equipment, they're not super incentivized to make this all this data publicly available. Sure. Right? Because they will have to first it's bad for the image and then yeah, they will have to do something about this.
1: Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, any corporate data will not be public. No.
0: This is a question for you. Do you have an idea on what project you would work when you finish your master?
1: Oh man, great question. Is that my professor? Is that my dad? (laughs) It's anonymous. (laughs) There's no name. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, great question. Could be either. Could be my dad.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, this is a great question. And I think This is one of my main goals in being in this process. And I'm currently in a fellowship working on a few different areas to see where I think I can be the most effective. The issues that I think not only do I care about, but I I think are like the most critical issues of our time are climate justice, women's issues like gender equality, just women's issues as a whole, and then ethical or responsible technology and I think there's a lot of ways to address all those things. Obviously, they're huge issues, but it would be my hope to find some data science applications to one of those areas, for sure.
0: And speaking of gender inequality, just yesterday we had another conversation, and one of the points there was that, you know, just in general, females are not encouraged to go to STEM, or to follow, you know, to go in science. Some don't like this. But in general, the society doesn't encourage them to follow this direction. Is there something we can do like as uh, as data scientists, let's say, who work for public policy? Is there any policy that can help with this issue?
1: Sure. Yes, I think there's a lot. And I actually saw you yesterday with Olga. She was really <laughs> grilling you, too. Yes, I was I, like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Tables are turned.
0: Uh, that was fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. Actually, what I have observed and my understanding is that a lot of times women are not only not encouraged, but they are actively like prevented from joining this field. So one of my jobs, I have a manager who is a woman and she wanted to go into STEM, but was actually not allowed to. So I think, yeah, on many levels, this needs to change, but I do think like there are ways that we can encourage more transparency because I do think a lot of this, like, discrimination or subtle like discouragement it's really nuanced you know it's hard to say like make that illegal like don't discourage like throw someone in prison
0: <laughs> yeah that's what i thought and it's probably it happens on the maybe family level right so maybe the dad sure. says hey don't do this right so go study law or something like this
1: right don't study law marry a lawyer sure yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think these social issues, it's it's so ingrained. I mean, we really have to all individually do the work to study the lessons our society has taught us. But I do think increasing transparency in this space is one way to sort of change the conversation, right? So for example, In the EU, we have this like corporate social responsibility uh, legislation, which one of the things that's not required, but is a value in that space is salary transparency. And I think by requiring organizations to report this information, report the makeup of their companies, this is one way for people to see really clearly of, you know, it keeps them accountable for one, but it helps them see really clearly what's happening and I think there could be more education about, like, creating safer organizations. And I know y'all talked about, like, writing job descriptions that, you know, are sort of gender neutral. And there's some material out there for that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, these are some ways I think policy could come in or community efforts could come in and try to address that issue.
0: And is it something that you can potentially work as a part of? Was it graduation project or is it part of what you do after the master's?
1: The rest of my life after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have the thesis, uh, sure, like any other graduate's master's program. But I definitely hope to. I think that corporate social responsibility really is, will be critical to addressing all those issues. I think corporations have such a huge impact now. They have such a huge reach. We really need to require them to be responsible citizens of our world. And legislation will help with that, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And I imagine then in a project like that, the modeling part will not be the most difficult one. So maybe it will be just, I don't know, fitting a linear regression, but the most difficult part would be like actually getting the data, analyzing the data, preparing the data, right? And then conveying the results in a way that, you know, the problem is clear, right?
1: Sure. Yes. Because of this corporate social responsibility CSR initiative in the EU, the amount of data in that space is actually growing really rapidly. So I think there will be potential for more sophisticated applications in the future. But you're right, I think right now it's somewhat more of a policy issue, for sure, social Hmm. issue. Yeah.
0: And what kind of organizations need data scientists who specialize in things like social impact, public policy? Is it governments? Is it universities? Is it somebody else?
1: Sure. Well, I will be the annoying person that says every organization (laughs) in the future and i say this because not only does every nonprofit hopefully have a data person i honestly think that the whole data space i feel like is kind of evolving towards more of a data persona person so i think obviously all those organizations will hopefully have support in analyzing what they have so that they can more efficiently make decisions but every corporation as well has a public policy department, which those people also need to understand the technology and the way that their business relates to technology. So yeah, I see all the time like public policy at Amazon, public policy at Airbnb, and these are tech companies. They need to understand what is happening, the gaps in the AI act, things like that. So I think in the future, that type of person will be very valuable. Mm-hmm.
0: But right now, it's I know that in the States, there is this position called U.S. Chief Data Scientist. Uh, I think it was DJ Patel, I think.
1: Yes, yes, DJ Patel.
0: Yeah, he was the first the Chief Data Scientist. Right. And I'm wondering what kind of problems they actually solve there, like all these problems we talked about here in this podcast.
1: Sure, you know, I'm actually not familiar with his tenure in the Obama administration. I did follow him quite a bit afterwards. He's very dynamic and is really a huge advocate of the humanities education, things like that, diverse education or backgrounds for data scientists. But um, yeah, I'll need to investigate because I think at that point, I think the U.S. does lack a lot of complete open data as well. So I think it's like data science, but maybe just like data at first. I don't know. I will investigate. Mm -hmm.
0: So I guess the idea is like, we already have so many data sets. Like now let's hire somebody who can make use of this data.
1: Right. I think it was a savvy choice for Obama to like at least send the message that we want to be a country that values innovation and technology and is proactive about accommodating this. Because I think at that time, data science was like, the buzzword. It was very foggy as to what data science actually was. I think at that point it was more of a like marketing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> sending the message, politicking. I don't know. I will investigate though. Now this is a great question.
0: Okay. now Let's say somebody is interested in uh, learning about this and working with data science, making social impact, and make the difference with their data skills. So what do they need to get started?
1: Sure. Well, I would just congratulate that person and really just encourage them to keep pursuing that. But I think I would recommend two things. So I think not only is Data Science for Social Good an excellent organization, but this is kind of a global organization as well. So if you don't have a local Data Science for Social Good group, there are ones that you can Volunteer remotely. So, I think if you feel ready to dive right in, this is a great way for you to learn from folks that have been doing this, get exposure to social issues and things like that. But I think the second thing is I would really encourage you to see if you have a particular issue that resonates with you and really start your research and understanding the current landscape of that issue. So, for example, I think we have the sustainable development goals created by the UN, and that lists out very clear, specific social issues and goals that I think if you read through those, find something that resonates with you and do a little research. A lot of those, because they were presented a while ago, there's beginning to be more data for each of those specific social issues. So you could get far on your own if you if you do have a cause in mind.
0: Is there a list somewhere Because I know that there is data science for social good Berlin. I guess there is like a data science for social good Germany. Then there is one in Portugal. There is one in Poland. So we have quite a few organizations. And then there is uh, Omdena. Do you know Omdena?
1: I actually don't. There are others, but I have not heard of this Mm -hmm. one.
0: I think they are doing like, they also get some projects and then they get data scientists who want to get experience. So they kind of coach them and let them work on their data skills. So there are quite a few of them. Is there a place where maybe all these problems are listed? And then instead of, you know, your geographical uh, area, you go to Berlin, Data Science for Social Good Berlin. Maybe instead of that, you can see a list and think, okay, this problem really resonates with me. I want to work on that one.
1: Would you say like a list of local issues?
0: Uh, For example, like or list of issues that might need some sort of like a job posting or job board with like these kind of problems where help is needed?
1: You know, there actually is. So this was another resource I wanted to to share with folks watching. So there's an excellent organization. I think they're called 80,000 Hours. But essentially their mission is to help people effectively create impact. So they do have a job board and they do rank jobs based on how critical that issue is to like, Saving the world, basically, like what what's the greatest risk to humanity? And they will rank all the issues and organizations affiliated with that, those issues. I will put a link to that organization mm-hmm. also in the comments.
0: Yeah. I'm looking this up right now. So it's actually a London based nonprofit organization and they have their own Wikipedia page, which says they're pretty serious.
1: They're legit. Yes.
0: And yeah, the, the link is like a, uh, do you know why, why this name?
1: 80,000 hours, yes. So I think yeah. this is how long the average person spends in their career. You know, that's quite a long time if you think about it and you can make a meaningful difference with that time.
0: Okay. So this is a way of encouraging people to spend all these hours on making the impact instead of you know, bringing revenue to yet another, what I'm trying to say, like a corporation.
1: list. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had this fourth in white.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, we won't go there. But but actually, they're quite a savvy organization They're They're quite educational. So I think there are many ways for people to make their career have a huge impact. So, for example, I know they give like this Google engineer who loves his job at Google. I mean, he makes a pledge to donate like twenty percent of his income for the rest of his like eighty thousand hours. And there's other things but they they provide many different options, and they they give quite a lot of education as to why this is impactful or, or what's meaningful, how to make a choice. So it's yeah, they're quite dynamic
0: so I am uh, quite interested in learning a bit about other use cases. So maybe from your experience or maybe now your learning this with other students, with your classmates, what kind of problems you see that they solve or you see in general that are being solved right now with data science?
1: Yeah, I think in my program right now, we're more so diving into like the deep end in both of these topics and have not yet had much of an opportunity to bring them together. We had um, some group projects, for example, that addressed a lack of census data. So I worked with a group. We use satellite imagery to try to predict poverty levels, which is an incomplete project, but essentially there are some countries that don't have a census. Afghanistan is one of them. So it would be really helpful to have estimations of what what poverty looks like in these countries so that aid or support can be accurately given. And yeah, of course, we use computer vision for analyzing the satellite images. But yes, it's like an incomplete project. But it's, I guess, one way you can sort of combine those issues.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. And uh, I guess as a part of census, I don't remember last time somebody actually asked me these questions. I think it was like 15 years ago. I don't remember what kind. They asked me my nationality, what I do. I think that was pretty much it. So I don't know. Like, even though I was a part of census, I don't know how much the useful information they actually learned about me, apart from my nationality.
1: Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyways, anything else uh, that come to your mind? Maybe I have some other problem?
1: Yeah, nothing comes to mind right now, but I do actually want to pitch one thing that if you want to explore this space. So... I moderate an open coffee club that focuses on ethics in AI. The goal is to democratize this conversation. So every meeting, every other week, we have a different ethical challenge in this space. So it's just a one-hour, like casual coffee chat. Start your day with an existential crisis. Now, <laughs> a challenge for mm-hmm. human race.
0: So what was the last challenge on your last? meeting
1: yeah so we actually met um yesterday morning and we talked about lambda the google chat bot which people are debating whether it's sentient or not um and maybe the potential consequences of the response or just the situation so it was an interesting conversation
0: i haven't I've never heard about lambda i heard about a bot from microsoft that it became racist pretty quickly because it was trained on data from twitter so people on Twitter would teach the bot. And then, of course, this is what happens if you just let people do this without controlling. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I I should uh, look it up. Okay, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do this?
1: Sure. So I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. I do have a website with an email newsletter. You can try to contact or sign up. But yes, I think these are the main ways. Twitter, LinkedIn, and christinesepalak.com
0: so that's first name, last lastname.com and then you have a newsletter there yes okay we will make sure to include all these links in the description yeah I guess that's it for today thanks a lot for joining us today thanks a lot for sharing your experience uh, the stories with us all these problems yeah
1: thanks <laughs> no one have a crisis okay yeah Shona Benz thank you so much
0: yeah have a great weekend you too Goodbye.
1: take care bye